This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week I spoke with Chani. It's been five months since I last spoke with Chani and a lot has changed. We both made some massive purchases this week. The ETH market is in an absolute diabolical state. There's lots to speak about there from a market standpoint. Um, a couple of personal things and I announced the biggest ever SoRare meetup. If you can make it, please do. There will be a link in the description to the website to buy your ticket. But yeah, I hope you enjoy the episode. Please do leave a review wherever you listen. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been how many months? Six months. The 14th of January was the last time you were here. And I actually didn't tell you this, but you should be very honored. Do you want to know why? Why? This is our one year anniversary podcast. Oh, really? It is. Hey, yeah, I just realized. Oh, I do feel honored I, now. <laughs> I saw it was 51 and I was like, oh, well, 51 isn't 52. But then I remembered we took one week off for Christmas and just put out the drunk cast that I'd recorded. So it was. I remember that one. Yep. It was one year ago because I remember it started on my birthday and everyone, 18th of June is my birthday, don't forget, send me lots of um, happy birthday wishes, please, I need it for my confidence and also send me lots <laughs> of offers on Twitter of cards because I need them. Anyway, it's my birthday, <laughs> don't forget, it's my birthday. Um, <laughs> but Charlie, how have you been? It's, been? it's been a long time. It's been a long time of uh, learning, making mistakes and not learning from my mistakes, making them again, <laughs> buying things <laughs> on hype. Uh, but still, like, it's been very enjoyable, mate. I, I really have been enjoying the game so much. Uh, I wouldn't change anything for anything right now. Like, any any mistake I've made, it's fine. Uh, because mm. the enjoyment I get from this game is just levels above anything, any game I can play right now. But let's put it that yeah. way. I see you've got some cracking cards there. Um, we've both made two of our, I don't know, is that your biggest sign ever? I think so, yeah. Uh, actually, in terms of e in terms of fiat, no. Kirkju at the time was a lot, uh, yeah. but Hill in terms of ETH definitely is my biggest signing. In terms of you know just the stature of the signing, we've both made our biggest signings this week. We can yeah. talk about that, but um, it seems like you know you are you do have a lot of Asian, you do have a lot of American. Um, you don't you do have some Europeans, obviously. You have some crackers there, particularly from from Holland. Um, and Vitor Ferreira, I see Saliba, Payet. You had that Marseille stack going at one stage, quite unfortunately, wasn't it breaking your heart? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you do have some of the best ballers in the States. You know, you have Castellanos there, Carlos Gil. Um, there's more. Jesus Ferreira. A lot of these guys jump out at me. So what What was the, was this a very purposely done thing? Did you ever care about the MLS before? Has Sorare done that to you? Talk to me about your gallery. Yeah, that's, the, that's I think... The beauty of of so rare really what a lot of people seem to be underestimating it opened up a lot of new areas that i got involved in now especially with mls and asia like i wake up at 8 a.m and i watch japanese league games now because i want to see oh, how slovak and morishiga do yeah and then yeah. i i was fascinated by how they played the last few games tactically it was something i haven't seen over there uh, playing like triangles and everything uh, and then the MLS specifically, I enjoy because of the entertainment. I don't know what it is, but the MLS is very entertaining to watch. 
I tell you, it's it's yeah. entertaining to watch in person. Like I'm saying, when yeah. I was there and in the vlog, I said something like, "You don't get this in Europe." And don't get me wrong, the the atmospheres in Germany and stuff, I'm sure you do get it in Europe. Yeah, but like yeah. the novelty factor and entertainment factor was mm. insane. And I'm yeah. glad that's kind of reflected on TV because it was mm. so much fun going to that game. Yeah, yeah, I saw I saw your guys uh, vlog and everything. Uh, it, it was it seemed like a really really good time. But yeah, the main the main reason why I obviously wanted to get involved into these regions was because I was enjoying Sorare so much to the point where I thought, man, I just don't want to be sat here waiting for three months and do mm. nothing all the time because I wanted to still be involved in the community. I wanted to be involved in anything that happens, people talking about the match day and how certain games have gone, how certain players are popping out now and doing really well. And I just felt like I didn't want to miss out on that. So I kind of cycled away from the Marseille stacks that I had, some of the players that I had in Europe that were somewhat all right, but not great. And some others that I really was happy with, like Moussa Dembele, mm. who was insane towards the end of the season for Lyon. Um, I got rid of him as well on my pursuit towards that hill item. And um, yeah, just the fact that I had some of the possibly better players when it comes to the summer period with Hill, Cecinia, uh, Pablo Ruiz as well. I just felt like it was the right decision to make because it would have been a big missed mm. opportunity. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, and it is right, I suppose, the beauty of so rare that, you know, you went down that avenue and you're entertained all summer. I'm finding myself here scratching my bollocks, wondering what to be at. So I went and built like a, a threshold grinding Asian team because... At a bit of ETH. Um, yeah. And I'm just excited to kind of follow that. And I'd say that I do have a couple of decent limited teams, but like you probably aren't getting this feeling, but I'm starting to get it now. And I don't know how the listeners are. Whenever you have a European heavy gallery, it's a really exciting time. It can be a nerve wracking time, particularly when mm. you're under 23s and you have premium under yeah. 23s. But like it's so much, it's so exciting because every day there can be a new rumor and you start to see your gallery take shape for next season. And yes. a lot of the guys I buy are based on speculation and based on hoping they get the right move or whatever. Um, yeah. So, and the other thing is, like, I know as the summer comes along, I remember from last year, you know, different leagues start at different periods, different times. And I mean, lots of people have the calendars and you can go and check it all out and plan, but I'm not that guy. It's so fun opening up the lineup builder and all of a sudden, oh, Erdovese yeah. is back. And you're there, you're looking at, oh my God, remember I bought that guy? Jeez, <laughs> on the way. Yeah. Or, what? He's playing now. He's over here. Jeez. I can't wait. I love it. There is this kind of wee dry spell and then yeah. it goes mad. I mean, um, it reflects on the market as well, right? You can just tell by the way yeah. the prices have been going for some of these players, especially the rumors seem to affect a lot of the players. If it's a good rumor, people are... Going after the item, like Jota staying at Celtic. If it's a bad rumor, like Kukchu going to AS Roma to sit on the bench, um, those things are obviously not great. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice to keep track of those things. Like for me specifically, I only have for the European season, I have an under-23s team that I didn't want to let go of because I got so attached to the players. So Niklas Hedl, Saliba, uh, Kukchu, Sinistera, Vitinha. And literally mm. every single one of them has transfer worries. Salibas, does he stay at Arsenal? Yes or no. Hadel, does he actually play first team or is he actually going to be going down to the bench again? Kukchu, mm. is he going? Yes or no? Because he was an exciting player to watch this season. Many teams looking at him. Sinistera, is, his contract is running out next summer, I believe. So he's probably very likely to go. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's a very awkward spot to be in, like you mentioned a second ago. Like, I watched those rumors all day long <laughs> just looking yeah, at what's happening. Yeah. 
Oh man, I mean the amount of like how on edge I am. I'm not actually on edge, but I mean like trying to follow Pershers after buying the two super rares of him. Mm. Everything in my <laughs> gut is telling me. Everything I see, every rumor I see is that he's not good enough for Ajax. Yeah. Everyone's saying he's on his way out. The Jury and Timber rumors have quietened down a little bit, and I'm like, this is gonna end in tears. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but there is that Hail Mary chance, you know. Yes. All I need is a wee ACL somewhere in that team. <laughs> yeah, daily blinks. Oh, I mean, who oh, knows? All or I Lissandro, need is something. You know? Get that Pershers in there locked. But um, I don't know. The, the good thing is he has said that he'll, um, he won't stay if he isn't guaranteed first team minutes. But the what did I want to bring up? Here's an interesting one for you. Now, Ethan's crashed massively since there was the last podcast. And I kind of wanted yeah. you on anyway. I've reached out to you in the last few weeks. But then this made it even more like, I know you're, you're into your crypto a bit. Yeah. Um, ETH has plummeted big time. I don't even know that in the last 24 hours, it's down 21% apparently. No, that's the blockchain by NFT sales volume. Let me see. If I go ETH, you're over here. In the last month, it's down 45%. In the last five yes. days, it's down 27%. Mm-hmm. Now, that I'll give you a little spiel and then I'll see what you think. So yeah. what I always say is, and, and just let me finish, right? My my initial statement is always a card is worth what a card's worth. That would be my that would be my gravestone almost because I've said it so much. Like, you know, ETH can crumble to the ground. The bottom line is a card's worth what a card's worth. If ETH halves in price, I ask you for double ETH in my card. And all that works very, very well in theory. You know, in theory, that that's that's exactly how it should work and would work. Mm-hmm. But what actually happens is when ETH crashes like this, it brings a lot of fear into the market. And that fear makes people maybe act a little more irrationally, maybe or rationally. Maybe they, they get this get spooked and they want to liquidate a bit. Maybe they want to de-risk. Yeah. You could argue at the worst time. Um, so while in an on the face of it, ETH shouldn't ETH's price shouldn't dictate the price of a so rare card. The card should be worth what it's worth, and you charge the ETH accordingly. It doesn't quite work like that because yeah. of the fear in the market, because of how it changes attitudes, and because there is a delay for the market to react. There's always going to be two days of listings there, and unless they're all snapped up um, or people are on the ball, which a lot of people aren't, you know, they all need to expire. New listings need to come for those prices to be raised. So automatically, you've almost got a two day delay built in. So whenever ETH crashes 10, 20% overnight, you know, the market doesn't just change like that. It yeah. takes that day or two and then maybe another few days because people are still kind of half undercutting each other and then they start to be bought up and then it kind of, you know, the prices start to raise. You can see the ETH prices of cards going up at the minute, but mm-hmm. the fiat value isn't necessarily going up. Quite often it's going down or plateaued. Yeah. Um, so that that's how I just see the market. Like I'll be honest with you, Chani, and call me naive. As a guy with a gallery the size of mine relative to his overall wealth, I haven't honestly haven't lost anything. I I just haven't cared. Honestly, yeah. I just don't care. And something that's given me a little bit of solace, not only because I'm here for the long run because I back so rare, and I'm not saying everyone needs to, you know, people yeah. can change their mind hundred yeah. percent. But for me, Maybe it's a little, maybe it's something that I shouldn't care about as much. But like, whenever I seen that kind of crypto slam table and I seen all those big PFP projects crumbling, mm. um, or at least dropping sort of 50, 60, 75%, whatever, they're crumbling. Mm. Um, I know a guy with a million and he had a million worth of NFTs. It's now worth a hundred grand. You're oh. talking like big, big hits. Um, but so rare was like one of the, it's a bit different today. There are people on that table with them, but they are kind of much smaller projects with lower amounts of buyers and tokens, Mm. but so rare in the last 24 hours has the most buyers of any, any project, which has real quick, 
the 24 hours thing, I think it's kind of slanted because Zural sold his gallery. Ah. Yeah. So I, I, I much looked that? at that as well and I thought, oh, wow, this is amazing. And then a day later, I think someone brought this up and said Zural sold his gallery. I think it was layered in their podcast. Uh, Bella Ma basically bought all of his gallery. Did he pay him through so rare? I wonder. Yeah, it was through so rare. Like you can look okay. at the transactions and you can see. Ah. Mo- I'm, I, I'm not 100% sure on this, but like I have seen the transaction is like mostly Bella Ma picking up all the items. Uh, see, so that's kind of slanted. But at the same time, to go back to this whole e fiat debate that everyone seems to have all day long, at the end of the day, what I come to now is like there is no right or wrong. I personally will buy players at whatever ETH or fiat price at that moment I feel comfortable with. So if I feel mm. like, oh, look, Hill is now down by 700 euros in terms of fiat, but he's up in terms of ETH at that time. I'm like, you know what? I feel like this is a good spot to buy. He's going to bring me a lot of enjoyment, lots mm. of rewards, hopefully, if he doesn't get injured. If I can somehow justify a purchase, if it is fiat or if it doesn't matter to me, as long as it brings me enjoyment, which it does, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And that's something that I've kind of come to now with this whole if fiat thing. I think there is no right or wrong. And that's, that's going to be a never-ending story. People are going to talk about this all the time. People will have fiat-based uh, opinions and people will have if-based opinions and they will like, I'm a maximalist on this side, I'm a maximalist on this side. And I just don't think anyone is 100% right. So yeah. I'll, I'll just do whatever I want as long as I'm having fun. <laughs> I guess that's, that's, that's the point that I'm trying to get to. Like, I feel comfortable with being the top dot for Hill, but then like two days later, someone just bought him for 3.3 or 3.4 ETH, I believe, like on the auction. Mm-hmm. It's already up like nearly one ETH. Um, so like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel comfortable with the purchases wherever it's happening. Like Kaku's down massively on his fiat value from where I bought him. Mm-hmm. I'm still okay with it because I believe in the project long-term. And as you said, like it doesn't bother me as much because I'm having yeah. fun. And I feel like people are just undervaluing the amount of fun that you're having. Like oh. if you go to a cinema, you pay money to be entertained, right? Yeah, We pay money in here, which is, of course, some galleries pay big money to be entertained. But when things go right, the enjoyment is even like worth even more to you. It has no monetary, monetary like number to it. But you could argue that a lot of that fun is spun off the stakes. Do you know, would I find so rare as fun, quite honestly, if I had a really low stakes gallery where even if it was with big cars and competing all over the gaff, mm. if the stakes were much lower in terms of my exposure, would it give me that endorphin rush would it give me you know the excitement i don't know because i do love the game and i do play fpl because it's free and i enjoy it so maybe i actually do think so is a very good game and i think socially if it was better known and your friends were involved i could get that sort of just just pure mm-hmm. fun aspect but um yeah the, the thing about fun is right and it's it goes to my my big purchase of the week um you mentioned gil i'll mention mine um and he's not even the most expensive card i've bought recently in a long time mm-hmm. in fact he's not the most expensive card i've bought by any means particularly when you look at it in fate i bought a unique i bought nicholas dorsch he plays for osberg he used to play at ghent and he suits the matrix he doesn't play in a dominant team um he plays kind of defensive midfield i believe or midfielder kind of i don't know if i actually i'll be honest he's like a dm sentiment type yeah this is one of those where 
I haven't watched a lot of this guy at all. All I know is historically, when you look at Dorsch, he was an SO5 monster back mm-hmm. at Ghent, right? And then he moved up to a bigger league. He plays in a mid-table team that isn't amazing, and he still turns out okay scores. It's not I've even mid-table. For it's a long like time. lower. They were fighting against relegation yeah. for a very long time. Um, I think you made a great purchase there, mate. Honestly, um, I don't know how much you and paid it, it for goes, him, actually. But well, no, here like we go. It, it goes back to that conversation about Ethan and Euro. So on my gallery, the activity over the last week has been a bit manic. There was a gallery review done by the, the So Rare Andrews, <laughs> um, a So Rare Andrew, uh, Andy Laird and PSU fans. And the points they gave were very, very valid. And I, I followed them for a day. <laughs> <laughs> what, what actually what happened was I, you know their, their plan was all great on paper but i couldn't get leo sold for a price that i wanted to sell them for no one was yeah. coming close to last sale and i actually kind of i'm happy to hold them i kind of like having that exposure to mm. the elite prospect i'm not against selling them same with kulisevsky not against selling them even a trend i kind of wanted to keep my trends but i'm not against it it was more just the liquidity um i didn't want to settle i couldn't get the eth off these guys and mm-hmm. now i don't really want to sell given the prices but my point is like i actually didn't have this 2038th because i couldn't get the cards sold even though it listed them at what i thought was fair prices but i did have that 9th and i bought a zion fleming i bought a new mars solet so Soleil is like a really premium central defender super rare yeah. for next season at salzburg fleming depending on his transfer who knows what's going to happen but could be a really good option and then i kind of went djing where I realized that ETH was starting to tank. I had a mm. lot of exposure to ETH and I seen it was starting to slide. And yeah. I don't really follow ETH religiously. And I don't know a hell of a lot. <laughs> but I was like, thank God I was right. Pure luck. I was looking yeah. and it was like, I don't want to hold another eight ETH, six ETH mm. for a week. Because all the advice and the best decision in the world was sit on it. Be patient. The right auctions will come up over the summer. You'll get your guys. You have another six to eight weeks before the season starts. Patience, John. That's what people would say. But in reality, I was sat on a ton of ETH that I didn't want to be exposed to. So I said, yeah. I need to spend this shit quick. Hmm. Um, Hulsager is a guy I know who tipped me on De Kaiser, Toby Lason, different guys last season in the Eredivisie. And he reckons Hulsager will come back with a bang. He thinks he'd get more game time to play better. So I said, okay, well, the Super Rares point to ETH. I back your word. I'm buying him. I bought him. Mm-hmm. Chukwezi, uh, I think Perez mentioned me saying, if you fancy a wee punt and you're looking for a midfielder who could do better next season, check him out. His price is good. Went and looked at his price. Went and looked at him. Thought, you know what, actually? Hmm, I like it. Yeah, let, let's see what happens here. Put an offer in. I forget what it was, but I got him cheaper than it was. It was listed at like 0.5 ETH. Got him. 750 euros. Yeah, I got him a bit less for a super rare, under 23 for another season. Wonderful. Then it was another couple of days and I woke up and ETH was really starting to tank. ETH was like, oh, fuck. And I had the balance, and the market hadn't quite reacted. There was that delay that I speak of. Yes, yes. Um, where literally the previous night I'd been negotiating with, is it Monsieur Seguin on the yeah. Niccolo Ravella? He had him listed for 1.29, and I was there saying, I'll give you an ETH, I'll give you an ETH, I'll give you this. And he was, no, I can't, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I sent him a message to negotiate, and he kind of said, uh, he didn't reply. And it was bedtime. Mm. And I woke up in the morning and Big Man was obviously still in bed. Still had him on the market at 1.29, but ETH had plummeted by, I don't know, 10, 20%, whatever it was. And I just snapped bought off the market because I wanted the guy. ETH was tanking. I liked mm. the ETH price. I had ETH exposure. Let me get rid of this ETH. Yeah. And I've been looking at Tony Cruz. Tony Cruz is down in value for many reasons. Played tough games at the end of the season. Didn't score like he did throughout the season. He's not that old. I understand Kamavinga and Shemeni have, have signed. And you could yeah. say they have won too many 
midfielders now. That's really bad, <laughs> and it's everywhere. Oh no! <laughs> but, <laughs> but I wanted rid of the ETH, so I went and I bought Tony Cruz, and I actually tried to buy Mariaka um, because I kind of liked him, and I've been talking about them a lot recently. So that was the logic. I'm not saying it's perfect, but the thing is, you see, trying to get under 23 super rares that actually are good, that don't have the risk of a transfer that'll kill them, that aren't rotation risks, or that aren't like... Five ETH at least, right? They're mad. Yeah. Mad. You're looking <laughs> yeah. at Joey Veerman. Oh, man, like, yeah. Like 10 by know? now, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. What is he? If a lot. And I'll give you the last sort of rant about my recent spending. Um, Dorsch, mm. ETH was crippled. I have a decent fate balance outside that I wasn't really planning on putting into so rare. But when I seen the price of ETH, and again, there was that delay in the market, and I was scanning through uniques, I was scanning through super rares, and I seen Dorsch was like 0.4. And I was like, mm. 0.4 for a Dorsch super rare. It's like, this is a guy who long term could be great, gets a transfer, finds a few more decisives in the game. The team does better this season. There's a load of things that go right here in my head. Yeah. I've played with the national team before. Is he a bit off of like the actual national team? I assume he is. But like, mm. I was thinking like there are things that can go right here. Checked his injury history. There's nothing that malicious there. I was like, 0.4 for the super rare. This is because he's aging out of under 23s and he has an injury. I said, Phew. so I went and I said, you know what it is? Let's look at the unique. And I went and looked at the unique and it was listed for four eighth. Now, mm. I don't have any experience in uniques. I'm sure a lot of listeners don't. I kind of said that's a bit much. But with the fate price and whatever else, I was like, hmm. So I said, I'll give you two and a half. He said, no, give me three. I said, I'll give you two and a half. He said, 2.75. I said, no, Charlie. I said, no. I said, 2.5 is on the table if you want it. He said, okay. So we did 2.5 ETH. I bought him. And I actually, yeah, I have him now. And I'm over the moon. I have my Dorsch. I have a unique. I'm on the ladder. Is it strategically the best thing for my gallery? Absolutely not. Mm. Do I give a fuck? No. Did it give yeah. me a little tingly feeling in my ball sack? Absolutely. Yes. I'm a unique. I'm a, yeah. I'm a fucking wheel now, Channy. I've got a Dorsch. <laughs> uh, so look, there's the spiel. Uh, that, that's the spiel on my spending. Um, the feedback was much appreciated by the Andrews. Unfortunately, liquidating a lot of the guys. Do you know what I also realized? And Channy, you're the guest and I'm talking over you flat out. It's all good. A huge part of my enjoyment in So Rare is the speculation. Yeah, like I get it. The Andrew uh, and and PSU Sean are big, big into their yielding through SO five, and I am money one. balls. I've actually I've said to them like I get it. I want to win more. Winning more is good content. I want to win more, hmm. but I think I will win more. I've bought enough quality there. I think my gallery is growing up. I feel they're all going to have better seasons next year. I think I will win more, but equally like some of the biggest buzzes I got and everyone here is sick of hearing about them, but it's because they, they were some of the biggest sources of my enjoyment last season were the Kulisevsky transfer, the Nico Williams to Fulham, the Lee hitting the ground running, De Kaiser. And if I can look towards next season and all of a sudden Nicolo Rovella gets a good move, you know, mm. I'll enjoy that. I'd probably enjoy that more than if Zion Fleming just does what he did last season as counterintuitive as that is. Like, yeah. I don't know. Expectation from him already like with with Fleming the upside isn't really there that much but downside is <laughs> yeah downside is but with players like Rovella for example if he gets a decent move um you have that upside right that you can look forward to that Soleil is probably going to be unreal for you as well I hope so like, he's a bit injury prone if he can if he can dance around that he could be an absolute monster for me but um look I did buy a couple of nice guys. And here's the other thing. I'm going to pop back at Sean Newsham on a podcast, all right? I love the guy. I love the guy. But 
Sean will say in one sentence, Nellis needs to buy more quality. Nellis needs to do this. Nellis needs to do that. And he's saying the next sentence, Nellis will buy one guy for five ETH. I'll buy 10 guys for 4.5 ETH. And if two of them come off, I'm good. If three of them come off, I'm in the money. If four of them come off, I'm a millionaire. When I buy 10 guys for 5 ETH, I get lambasted for not buying quality. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the thing is, when you're on a podcast or you make content so much, there's always going to be things that you say that contradict each other. So I think he's probably fully aware of that. I think the, the worst thing that Sean ever said was probably the fact that he could play goalkeeper for Celtic. Um, but <laughs> was it Ajax? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've got Tony Watts going to take shots at him at some sewer meetup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't on. wait. I would love to see that. But uh, I completely get their approach. It makes sense because it's something that yeah. I've followed as well. Like I, I basically money balled now. I just basically gone and got the best players for the summer and just waiting what to, to see what happens uh, with the gaming mm. team back. But I also get the thrill of having that one guy in your gallery where you don't know if he's going to be great or not. And then all of a sudden he has a run of games and he does really well. And then you're like, yes, this, Mm. I knew this. And I think Quinny talks about this a lot, right? He says like, I love the whole, I bought this guy that plays in Brazil, a youngster that no one really knows. And then, then he turns out to be class. You can be like, yeah, I knew it from the beginning. I, I enjoy that side of things as well. Like, and that's again, no matter how much money you spent, as long as you get enjoyment out of the game, that's the key, right? Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. I, I used to spend thousands on FIFA packs that I didn't care about for two weeks later. And no one in my, like, that watched my content cared about a month later. And yeah, um, yeah this stuff that, that I'm spending money on, is completely different. I have utility. Mm. I, have, I own these items. I can compete with these items. I get to watch football games on three monitors and, you know, see what yeah. Dembele does on this screen, see what Hill does there and see what, I don't know, another player of mine does on the other. And that enjoyment, you just don't really get that out of anything else. So yeah, however yeah. you justify your purchases, that's, that's your thing. No one should really comment on it. As long as you get enjoyment, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. It's like... I naturally am just a DJ when it comes to this. I'm like a magpie. I see something. I like it. I think it's undervalued. I I think long-term. I think long-term. I think long-term. And you know what? It's one of those things that maybe short-term, it doesn't lead to as much SO5 success as it could have. Maybe it's not optimal. Maybe it's not Moneyball. But like, who knows? Maybe in a year's time, because I am playing the long game, maybe naively. Maybe in a year's time, two years' time, my 42 super rares, my unique are some of the best cards on the platform and I'm a proper fucking whale churning out rewards every week in yeah. all the divisions. You know, it, it's, I'm having fun, but I am also going to bitch about it on this podcast for another year that I'm not winning SO5, yeah. so prepare for that. Oh, also, that, don't forget. That belongs to your enjoyment as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> that, that's yeah. part of your enjoyment process, right? Like the whole yeah, getting onto the podcast and ranting about it. Yeah, and then everyone has to listen to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. So I bought a unique. You bought your you bought your gill. I'm actually part of me really wants one. I actually do you know what I really mm. want? I want a Cecenia. That's who I want. But like yeah. I, know it's just I can't believe you didn't get I him need. at the time when we all had that inside scoop that he's gonna be back and fit again. Hmm. Good wink in his DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just an animal, isn't he? Like, you know, hey, it's that actually, turned out you know, incredible. Like 
that yeah. that suggestion at the time was like, oh yes, please. And then I bought him for like zero point eight ETH, and he's now two point six or something. It's oh, crazy. Man. Yeah, what's that in fate though? You bought him I, for. I don't even know anymore. I think I can it? probably find your transaction. You're probably in like right a... here. Professor Hackers. Doesn't matter. You were in here. There was a lot of. It was a trade. It was a trade. Uh, there was a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely up. He's definitely up. Yeah, it was zero point eight ETH, seven hundred eighty euros at the time, and now he's worth two thousand five hundred. That man verges on game breaking. It's it's insane, yeah. um, absolutely insane. But Chani, look, um, something I want to throw out here. Actually, will we do this first? Or will we do that first? Hmm. People are on the edge of their seats. They don't know what's coming next, Chani. That's um, <laughs> you'll know this in good content. You keep the audience guessing. Um. Big personal bit of news. I reduced my hours at work. Okay. To do more content, to lean into yes. it. I actually went in to hand in my notice because I was just going to say, fuck it. Let's go full time. Let's do mm-hmm. it. And went in to do that. And they ended up to try and keep me a bit longer, offered me like 50% hours. So I'm reducing my working hours by 50% as of August to make more content. So. Nice. Very excited. I'm going to be making a lot of FPL content over on the Fantasy Football Hub channel. Um, really exciting for me. Kind of gives me a little bit more exposure, a little bit yeah. more of a, a hedge almost cover just in case there was to go tits up and I'm leaning away from my career. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. I back it with all my gallery, but like your, your livelihood and feeding your your family is, is something a bit different. But um, yeah, so anyone who's in the FPL, you can find me on Fantasy Football Hub. And yeah, just a big personal moment because I suppose after maybe three years of t- churning out mediocre content, we're, we're trying to make it a little bit better. But um, another real world thing is, and it's been mentioned a few times, but I can now give out details, is the So Rare Meetup. Chani, did you see my little tweet this yes, morning? Did you I see anything? it, mate. Did you? Oh, thanks, man. Yes. Um, so... To give people a rough idea, I've said it already, but I can give the exact details now. August the 5th, I believe the doors will open somewhere around half four because the FPL deadline is like half five or six or something. So they want people to be able to get in a bit early. But bottom line is I'll be there from half four, but I mean, it will probably be a bit of a session. People can land in six, seven, whatever um, on August the 5th. I am doing this with, when I say I'm doing it, it is me doing it, but it's with Fantasy Football Fest. Now, they've predominantly done meetups for the FPL community so far, but they are called Fantasy Football Fest. They, I wanted to do a meetup that weekend um, in the middle of the summer, kick off the Prem seemed logical in England, and they were already doing one and their Fantasy Football Fest. So a couple of weeks, I reached out to them and said, guys, your Fantasy Football Fest, not FPL Fest, are you open to hosting us? So the initial plan was to have like a little so rare section with their own little stage and blah, 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 blah. It's a huge venue. But as it turns out, there might have been a bit of annoyance from like the two stages with different sounds. So mm-hmm. what we've decided to do is there's probably going to be 250, 300 FPL managers there who are all into it. So go there, spam them all with your referral codes and refer friends. Um, but I'm hoping there's 50 to 100 so rare managers there, maybe even more based on the response. I don't know. Um and there will be a period in the night for maybe 45 minutes an hour on the main kind of stage where I'll talk with a few different content creators and stuff just about so rare. We'll yeah. do that. We'll have our own wee section and stuff. Um, so you'll know who's who. I'll have wee name badges if you want to put up your Twitter handle. Um, and we'll mill around. We'll drink a lot of beers. We, we'll have a bit of fun. Maybe end up I'll make a prediction town. about that event. I think there's going to be more people coming out of there that's like make a so rare account than people that... Play so rare, making an FPL account. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so too. Because everyone who plays so rare probably already has an FPL account. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I genuinely think like there's, I think too many people don't even know this thing is, exists. Yeah. I, I think the more people know, the more we'll jump in and hop in and like get involved in this. Exactly. No, I, I think so. Like it could have almost been a big market opportunity for so rare, but what so rare are going to do is help me out big time with giveaways. So I haven't ironed out the nitty gritty, but a few things I kind of threw at them and hoping that they can come through on is obviously merchandise, mm. um, just so rare merch. I want some, well, I've, I've been told that we can get, I don't know exactly which ones or whatever, but like signed jerseys from around Europe, nice. which is kind of fun. Um, tickets to games experiences I don't think flights and accommodation will be included but potentially VIP experiences to different games around Europe um, I'm hoping they'll put a few cards up if not I'll probably end up having to do that um, and hopefully a bit of a bar tab now the ticket is 20 quid it's London August the 5th Waterloo station area it's a place called Leak, Leaker, oh, something arches Waterloo Arches, I don't know. You can see you can see where online if you're booking your ticket anyway. It's in Waterloo Station, right beside that. A 20 quid a ticket. There is a free drink. It's London, so the free drink's probably six or seven quid anyway. And I'm guaranteeing that you'll get at least that 12, 13 quid remaining worth of value on the night between bar tabs, giveaways, and just crack. You know, it's 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 to make it's it's to cover venues and securities and audio and lighting and all mm. that shit and insurances. So like yeah, I'm just really excited to see who comes. I think there's a good few saying will come. And I'll tell you what, Chani, have you ever spoken on a stage in front of real people or do you just do it in your room? Uh, no, it's literally just in my room. It's a completely different thing. I did that interview with Dortmund players at the time, like a huge production and everything. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. So it's definitely yeah. a different experience having to do that like in real life, for sure. Um. Man, I'm cacking it, like, I'm yeah. cacking it, get on a stage, because whatever, I kind of had it in my head that it was going to be like a so rare thing, and I was like, look, look, if it was 20 people coming, you just go to a pub, who the fuck needs a podcast, or like people on yeah. stage talking, acting like wankers, yeah. right? But whenever it's going to be more than that, I kind of like, and we're going to be doing it in this FPL space, where they have all this content going on, and quizzes, and this is and that, which we do or do not have to be a part of, but it's optional entirely, we'll have a separate room of the bar. You better but, record a podcast there. But yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, I have to yeah. do something. So we'll be on yeah. the stage. Um, I'll probably host it. But it's about, you know, obviously Quinny and Harry and Alex and whoever else are going. Josh Ford's going to be there. Mel's going to be there. There's going to be loads of people there. Hoodwing's coming. I think there's a few people flying over from America. Um, I think there's a big part of the German community coming. HG's coming over from France. May or may not be staff members from Solar there. Cannot be confirmed. Um, mm. lo loads of people from the community coming. <clears throat> but it's like picking people. I, I'm going to invite the people that I want to speak to, who I'm used to speaking to and who I'm comfortable with. But like speaking on a stage in front of just Solar people is one thing because you know everyone kind of knows you and there's not as much judgment and whatever else. Yeah. Doing that whenever it's the Solar crew and then there's a few hundred FPL people lingering about at the bar and farting about, I'm like, holy good fuck. I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be sweating my bollocks. I, I'm gonna absolutely die. I think. But um, hey, you wanted to do this full time. <laughs> sink or swim, baby. Let's go. So if you want to watch me absolutely crumble on a stage, yeah, come. You don't, should maybe set up a live stream there as well. Just a suggestion, like so that people yeah. can watch along. What's what's happening in case we, they can't we, make it. We're working on on stuff like that, so I was thinking because I'm, I'm going to be doing more hub more hub content, so fantasy football hub content this season as well. I want to do like an FPL deadline stream mm. uh, from the event. Now I need to work that all out logistically. It could be a bit of a ball ache, and then you know definitely we could use that same sort of equipment to run a live stream of the the stagey bit. Don't know what the audio will be like. 
you know the background. Anyway, that's that's a that's not a me problem. That's a nerd problem. Um, <laughs> but Chani, yeah, the meetup big one. I'll put I'll try and put a link in the description. Um, for tickets, twenty quid. You know, come on. If you're coming, come and buy your ticket early, because then we can count numbers and buy it. And make sure you tick that you're coming for so rare content. And make sure you put your manager name in, because if you put your manager name in, that's where I'm going to draw giveaways from. So if you don't put your manager name in, hard luck. Um, so there we go, Chani. But I think that leads on to a broader point, just about meetups in general in the community. Like I, I really want this to be a big one because I want to push it out there, and then. Maybe the German community follow, maybe the Italian community follow, maybe the French community follow, and or maybe they come. And then it also sort of puts the, the fire under so rare to, to run so rarecon. And I have so rarecon.com up for sale if uh, if and when they want. Why am I not using that for this? <laughs> yeah, I've seen people actually <laughs> ask you why you haven't used it. <laughs> why am I not using this? Anyway, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great experience. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what's going to happen over there. I'll probably be ho- like- on holiday with my wife, but yeah. <laughs> Getting FOMO. You live in your, you live in like doing the, the proper thing, you know, yeah, family man off. And we're all being DJs, drinking beers and talking about digital football cards. But oh, mate, if I, if I get a chance to watch it live, I'm definitely going to be in that live chat. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. But, um, Chani, another thing is, since you last came on, the 14th of January, the 14th of January, that episode with you was the first time that I had been alerted to the absolute shit show that was the Casual League's rewards. Now, we spoke about this last week, but you were the guy who brought it up. I mean, you went on a bit of a rant. Um, and I'm not going to say it's all down to us, but it's kind of all down to us, I think. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> we'll take some credit there. Now, I think, like, as we said back then, Three rewards for 100,000 people, especially if you want to onboard more and more people onto the platform, is just not the way. I, I get it mm. that like going from three to 100 for still 100,000 people might not sound like a lot to people, but mm. I feel like it was the right move into the right direction at least. And I feel like they're probably planning a lot more from what Nicholas has been tweeting. Uh, mm. There's more to come and all that good stuff. So I'm hoping to keep going into the right, the right direction. I think I feel like people are very quick to jump on the negatives when it comes to so rare, and not never really give them prop uh, like props for what they do. And yeah. uh, in this case, I, I think props are due. Like you need to come out and say, okay, the underdog league, great addition, specialist league, great addition. Now you added up uh, the more rewards into the comments get more people involved great stuff i think the one thing that the page is desperately in need of is like a content place where newcomers can like on solar mm-hmm. go onto a page and understand what it's about how it works how you go around it with the i don't know like the crypto part of it how you put money on it and all that stuff i feel like that's something that scares a lot of new users and I'd love for them to do like an onboarding page where people actually understand how things work rather than having oh. to go on YouTube, type in, this is how you do it. Because as soon as you have that, a lot of people lose interest, I, I feel like. So I hope they yeah. do more of the onboarding uh, of, of new users. 
I think like it is quite an overwhelming thing to understand. And I mean, I think it says it all when I try and do a beginner's tutorial that encompasses everything and it takes me half an hour, like a half hour video that's edited down. It took me over an hour to actually yeah. record that. Um, Like there is so much there. Part of me kind of likes that they don't do it because it means people go and find tutorials and sign up using links and they get paid, to be honest. But equally, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, so rare probably should have um their own content or at least just a better onboarding process where it teaches basics a bit better uh, but i mean geez, you already have the teach. content creators right you already have the people that are involved into what so rare does mm. reach out to them reach out to you reach out to quinny reach out to these people that love the product anyways and yes they might be critical at points but still like these people know your game so yeah. have one person come in from one specific topic, explain it, have the other one come in and explain that or hire some neutral guy that we all don't know, just some kid, I don't know, and let him at least do it. Like as long as it's there, I feel like for the onboarding, there needs to be like, when you get onto the Sora page, there has to be something that after you sign up, there's a video that pops up and explains you how the site works, how to navigate it, where you can find help if you really need it. Um, yeah. I wish there was something like that. That would be like oh. the next step for me to make it easier for new people coming in. Because they said they're going to invest more into marketing now, right? And mm. if they get the Prem and we have so rare on the sidelines like they do in other leagues like La Liga and stuff, people are going to go onto the site and on the main page be like, what is this? I have no idea what's going on here. Yeah. You have what to is have that a, onboarding experience. What is a Hilshager? What is a... <laughs> Kami Fukumoto. Why is this guy <laughs> yellow? Why is this guy red? Yeah. Like, what is it? The, do you know what, actually, speaking of the Prem, and there's a few questions about that, how exciting would it be if the Premier League were announced in time for the So Rare meetup? Mate, hey, I think you guys would get double as drunk. Oh. <laughs> the Premier League fixtures are out. I think Arsenal are playing. Is it Crystal Palace? Maybe. They were playing for them. Yeah. Yeah, they are away. They're away at Fulham as well. But yeah. Arsenal are definitely playing on the Friday night, which is interesting because it means I get to use my Odegaard. So I'd have something going on on that Friday night when we're all nice. on the piss, which is good fun. Um, but yeah, the Premier League, like, let me see, is there anything else I want to talk about here? The casual rewards, all in all, we're, we're happy with that. 33 times yeah. more rewards compared to when we last it's not, spoke. It's, not, I mean, it's never going to be perfect. As long as they keep improving, that's mm. all we need to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um but there were lots of questions about the Premier League. Let's mm -hmm. see. So Rare Fox says, assuming the Premier League is to be announced, at what point do you expect the cards to start being minted? There is also, let me just scroll through these and give them all. What will happen if So Rare had the Prem in Chinese opinion? And does he think we'll see cards go up because of the inflation in, of users? Um, they're actually the only two on the Premier League. If, if the Premier League come, comes, what, what are your thoughts in, in general? Uh I think the champion Europe items are going to be blowing up in price. Because, mm. like, I would assume most of star rares, tier one rares, are all of a sudden going to be prem. And everyone wants those items. So in order to yeah. win those, you got to buy the top end players from the league, uh, the Bundesliga, or at least, you know, get the matchups right and do the right thing. And I think there's going to be a scramble for a lot of people that want to get involved in Champ Europe. Because right now, I feel like there's a lot of people that don't get involved in Champ Europe because they feel like 
uh, they are like priced out. But as soon as that news comes out, it's a big opportunity mm. to get involved yeah. early. You I mean, I've just seen today, th th there's a KDB limited that uh, someone sold for like Kekju plus another big one and plus. like 1.3 ETH. I was like, what is going on here? This is yeah, crazy. That, was, that seemed a bit like, a, I, I don't know, I don't know the numbers, but that seemed like a, a bad trade on one side. Yeah, I don't know how many of those limiteds were like printed. But That's you the can, thing, like, there's only 16 tell. of them. How many? 16. Kevin De Bruyne limiteds. Yeah, that makes but, sense. But I mean, like, come on. You know, yeah. use your fucking head. Oh God, I don't want to go with Lambast, whoever this is. What if it's someone, I, I don't know, maybe you're listening. Like, this is a card of a guy who is rumored to potentially be on board. So let's say there's a 50% chance KDB I man sit here on the platform come next season. I don't know what the numbers are. Let's say it's 50%. That 16 becomes 300 real quick. And is mm. that worth 1.5 ETH plus two of the best under 23 players there are? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But what we know is he can definitely win enough with that item throughout the next season to make up for it. So that, mm, that yeah. should be okay, I guess. Um, but yeah, like going back to the whole prem thing i think it's it's going to increase the user base a lot i think we're right now like 86,000 89,000 people that have five items uh yeah. on the platform i think that number jumps up real quick to like 120 150 range uh when the prem comes out that's just at least what i think i think the stability of what's happened here even with the volatility in crypto will be quite nice for a lot of people um, even though it has, it is a bit of a dip, fate wise. But we're not get back into that. I think, like I've said this before, I'll say it again. I do think it's a massive market thing. I do think it brings a lot of eyes, but I also think it convinces a lot of people who are already on the platform with those five cards to get ten cards to get fifteen cards. Yes, I think that's where you see the most traction initially. I think initially everyone's going to FOMO in who's already on the platform, and then obviously the wave of new users could come. Um, so look, I hope they get it. I mean, if they don't, I, I don't think so. it's the I don't think it's the end of the world, but it's definitely yeah. a little hiccup on a bump. Um, yeah, I agree. If it, if it's like, I don't know, someone else gets a deal for three years and we won't have it for three, that would be annoying. Yeah. Um, but if they don't get it, I don't know. It, as you said, it's not the end of the world. We already have enough exposure to great players on the platform. I mean, we have the Ronaldo, we have the Messi, we have some of the top players at Liverpool, like some of the top, top players in world football we already have on the platform. It would be great to have the Prem added. Uh, I, yeah. I'd love to see that come in because I feel like the prize pools would have to become big, bigger. And like some of the actual good players that you wanted to buy that were like playing in La Liga now maybe lost a little bit of value because people are selling up to buy the Prem players. Mm. Um, so there's going to be a lot of opportunities, I think, that come around with that. But... Whatever happens, I think the, the user base flies up and champion items are going to be probably more expensive than they already are. You're right, because I mean, imagine like in that pool, you'll have, you know, all the city players, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham. Yeah. I mean, top six. And Tottenham really. came into my mind. Man United. Give me son, mate. Son would be so expensive. <laughs> well, like that's six teams there and that's before you even get into the other teams like that's yeah. six teams there worth of players who will all be all the starters will likely be 
tier two absolute worst probably tier ones a lot of them yeah i think the issue is maybe it's a competitive league so the scoring i don't i don't know how a lot of them score let's have a bit of fun um how how do you think uh who do we not have how do you think a chill well scores Ooh, wasn't he injured for a long time he was. He's a bad guy. Oh, he was injured all season. But when he did play, he scored very well. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, he's decent. Um, like, say like, does... a, like an L40 of 53. You fuck off. You've got it on your screen, you dickhead. Is it actually? No, I swear to God, I have son on my screen. <laughs> You're full of shite. Do no. you? <laughs> yes, I have son. 75, uh, 68, 66. Yeah. <laughs> son, let me see. Human son. Yeah, you know, you nailed it 53. That's mad. Is uh, it actually? Jesus, 75. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Son smashed it last season, didn't he? And I mean, imagine yeah. the Kane and Son stack. Yeah, oh, mate. It would be annoying to be up against. <laughs> it's actually going to break hearts. And then who would they even have in behind them? There's no one in that midfield who's particularly prolific. Maybe Ben uh, Tanker was the best towards the end of the season. Yeah. But, but like, well, they signed. Um, Bisuma. Who'd they sign? Bisuma. Bisuma. Yeah. yeah. But he, yeah. Uh, Zuma, oh, 61, L5, 61, L4, 52. Yeah. Be in there, tearing it. Yeah. I oh, got an assist and he got a goal over the last sort of five games. Mm. Um, but even like, let's say, like, what's about the Connor Cody? Let's see. What's a Connor Cody? I'd say 40. What is it? Connor Cody's 59, 54, 54. Like, Connor Cody's just, he's the eighth grinder. Eighth grinder galore there. Their goalkeeper was incredible, wasn't he? The Wolves goalkeeper. Like one of the best keepers uh, in the Premier League. Yeah, Jose Sa, wasn't it? Yeah. Looking so that's probably in a plus 10 constantly added to his tally for Cody. Yeah, yeah. Even like guys who you think, like, oh, they're, they're grand. Like Richarlison finished that season strong. Mm. Richarlison L1561. Yeah. Wow. Throw another player or two at me. We'll have some fun. Phillips, he's meant to be getting a big um, transfer from Leeds. Calvin Phillips. Oh, he actually scores pretty shocking. Does he? Calvin Phillips does not suit the game. Yeah. Uh, like Some players will be valued high because of their name and some for the actual performance. Mm. Uh, it's uh, it's going to happen again over here. Who could be a weird wee cheat code? I'd say Ericsson slammed last season. He was he probably very good. Transfer. Wasn't he? Isn't he on Soray anyways? Oh, he is. He was. He actually yeah, is. Well, he was at yeah. Inter. Inter, yeah. Inter, yeah. <laughs> he he did well towards the end of last season. I don't I know. Like generally, there's going to be a lot of good players that we get access to. That's for sure. Mm. I'll be I'll be very excited to see what's going to happen if we do get it. Because then you have yeah. you don't like I don't know like I'm interested to see how they compare. Like let's say Ericsson and Fakir have the same. L5, L40, one plays La Liga, one plays Prem. I wonder how the difference will be between those two items. Like, mm. will it be overpriced because he's in the Prem or will it actually be all right? I would assume at the beginning, any Prem player is going to go for insane amounts. Um, so early on, what you want to do is have good teams to compete for those players. Yeah. And try and win them because you'll be able to sell them for a lot. Here's a tip. If you're a patient player, go and buy the Nottingham Forests and the whoever else is, or maybe not Nottingham Forest, whoever you think is going to get relegated, Bournemouth, grab their cards and hold them because when they get relegated next season, you're on to a winner. There you yeah. go. That's not actually a tip in the, the initial parts of the season, but I think it'll be really interesting whenever, if the Premier League were onboarded, if we had our first real situation where 
relegated players could be more expensive than players higher up yes. the league because of what's to come and the speculation that comes off that's insane. Yeah. But, I'd um, be interested to see what happens to like Okoya now when he plays yeah. 46 games a season as an under 23 goalkeeper. Um, yeah. There's, there's going to be a lot of players that you need to look at uh, in the championship. They're going to be very valuable now. Absolutely. A question I wanted to ask you on the Premier League. Darwin Nunez has signed for Liverpool. Staggering fee. He's unfortunately going to be compared to Erling Haaland for him. What do you think happens to his so rare score slash price? Uh, I think price-wise, the initial hype will probably carry him upwards a little bit, which I think it has already done. But uh, performance-wise, surprisingly, if he does play, if he is in a starting lineup most of the time, I think he'll do better Mm. than he did at Benfica. I I am going to go out there and say that right now. I think with Trent and Robbo crossing in on top of his six foot two uh, frame, uh, which we desperately needed. I mean, we had to rely on Jota, the small man, to jump up and head those mm-hmm. in, which he has done really well. But um, I think having him in there is going to add another threat to Liverpool's set pieces, to the corners, the free kicks from outside the box. And mm. just generally the crosses from the fullbacks, which have been essential to how Liverpool play. Um, so if he I think is if set, Mane does leave plays, as well. Yeah. If Mane leaves, Diaz, Nunez, Salah, possibly as a centre attacking mid, you'll have Jota. Apparently they're looking to play 4-2-3-1. Um, so it's either Jota or Bobby mm. as a centre attacking mid. I'd prefer Bobby because he does exceptional defensive work. And then you have Thiago and Fabinho as the CDMs. Um, I think Liverpool could look different next season, but still be extremely efficient and successful. At least that's what I'm hoping for as a Liverpool fan. It's funny because Nunes and Haaland are almost two types of player that those two clubs haven't really utilised or relied on for a few seasons now, and they've both done remarkable without them. So it'll be interesting how they both incorporate them and how Mm -hmm. it changes their game, if at all. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I agree. I think Nunez, the hype will get his price up. And then if he doesn't hit the ground running, it's going one way and that's down. Uh, But if he does hit the ground running, gets a couple of goals in the first three games, you know, you you could be looking at a a bit of FOMO there, particularly in the under 23s. So generally, real quick on that as well. Like if you look at some of the strikers that Klopp has gotten into his teams in the past and built them up, the Lewandowski's and such, you see that he knows what he's doing with these types of players. Mm. Like he has that experience already of working these guys up to be the best in the world. We have seen it with wide players, with Salah Mane. We've seen it with Lewandowski at striker. He seems to have that thing that really pushes attacking players to the next level. And I think based on that, I hope Nunez will be that guy. I I Mm. expect him at first to respect Players like Bobby and Jota, like Klopp is going to be like, I know you guys brought us here, so I'm going to keep on playing you. But this kid is going to be subbed in and he's going to get his minutes and then he will earn this spot. And I think that's what he's convinced of. And then that, that will be what happens anyways, because that's what Klopp does. He doesn't necessarily immediately throw them on like he did with the us historically, but it worked out last time. So maybe he goes for it again. I don't know, but at least I'm hoping he will carry Liverpool forward. It's just looking there at the Liverpool prices. Some of them are really interesting reading. What's a Salah worth now? Probably worth a clean fortune, four ETH or something. Yeah, four ETH is bottom of market. One sold a couple of days ago for three ETH. Um, 
But I mean, like you pick up a Firmino, and I'm not saying Bobby Firmino was a great buy or anything, but like he's like 0.25. You know, that's that's not a lot. I mean, I think Firmino looks like one of those players. I know he's going to be squad depth for another season or two, isn't he? He's not going to piss off the unless he switches to four two three one and he plays ahead of ahead of anyone else in that spot. If he does, I think he could be very successful there. But I think Liverpool bought that Cavallo kid to possibly play there. Ah, uh, yeah. Hmm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Harvey happens. Elliott does he kind of play attacker mid? He plays centre mid, right centre mid, like an eight, uh, mm. and he's really good at combining with Salah. So I think that's the spot that Klopp normally. Kind of thought of him in that spot, mm. but um, I'd be surprised to see him like center attacking mid. Yeah, I don't know if he has that in him. Well, I'd be interested to see what Liverpool do next season, and even I actually can't wait to see how Haaland fits in. I was saying on a stream earlier for FPL, like my head tells me, like he might not necessarily hit the ground running in terms of like lots of minutes, lack of rotation, and just do amazing. Like my head's kind of saying, like there's too much going on there. Pep Roulette, I know it's Haaland. It just fitting into a new team. It's a new league. There's a lot of strikers who go from the Bundesliga, um, they hit the Premier League and they they don't score exactly how we think. Timo Werner springs immediately to mind. Who was the other yeah. big one recently? It was a huge one in the Bundesliga. Brian Fard came from the Bundesliga to the Prem and didn't hit the ground running. Havertz, uh, Havertz, he's one. There's a couple. Um, and I know Haaland, we all like to think of him as a completely different animal, and he is. But the other big thing that jumps out at me, which kind of worries me, is his injury history. Mm. It's it's really not good reading. Like, it, it, yeah. not, not even joking, not even just trying to be sensationalist and make some story and something to talk about. And it's more his injury history is brutal. Yeah. And I, I, I look at that. I'm not saying, and I know a lot of us aren't really necessarily in that kind of Haaland market on so rare, maybe more so at limited. I actually do have a limited Haaland. Because I really like him, and I really think there is a chance that, like, my heart's like, oh, he's going to go to City and slam. But like, part of me is like, I don't know, I don't know. I just, I mean, from an SO five standpoint, you will probably most of the time get a goal out of him when he plays, right? Yeah. Question is, will you get the eighties, nineties, hundreds? Because I feel like his all round game isn't really up there with the likes of like an Mbappe, for example, where you have those take-ons, those dribbles and the attempted assists and everything. I don't want to mm. take anything away from Haaland, but I think I feel like he will possibly end up just being the focal point up top and the ball's being played into him rather than him being involved in the build-up and all that process mm. of getting the team moving forward. I love Haaland. I think he's an incredible talent. But from an SO5 standpoint, I'd much rather have Mbappe. Yeah, me, me too. I think like just to kind of go into that injury history a small bit and not going too deep, like we're going to go all the way back here, maybe unnecessarily, but let's go to the 1920 season, right? He missed, I'm not going to tell you all the reasons, right? Um, mm. But basically he missed seven days, 14 days, 11 days, four days, and then 11 days throughout the season, mm. right? He went to 2021, he had a really good season where this is a really good season for Haaland, his probably least injury-prone season. He had he was out for four days with knee problems. Four days don't really count. But 28 days, he was out with a torn muscle fiber, missed seven games. Yeah. In fact, I could just tell you the amount of games he missed. So in 1920, he actually only missed like five games, right? Hmm. In 19, Actually, he missed another couple. He missed seven games. In 2021, he missed eight, nine, ten. He missed 10 games. Right, last season he missed sixteen games. Yeah, like 
and that that's up until May the fifth. He, he 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 was out in the last season. He was out for eighteen days. Then he was out for thirty five days. Then he was out for forty two days. I, I know this is a lot of numbers and throwing shit at people, yeah. but all I'm looking at there is like, I, I don't know. I just look at that and I think like, physicality of the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I mean, else. I'm just generally thinking about this in like a Moneyball thing as well. Mbappe plays for France. You're going to have those international games. Haaland playing for Norway. Not as strong, obviously. Uh, so you have that aspect of it as well. And Mbappe, when I look at the past year, SO5 wise, he has 20 performances in the 80 to 100 point range. And Haaland has eight. Yeah. So that, and they're pretty much about around the same price in terms of like a rare right now. Um, mm. I just don't know. Like, I think he'll do well. I think he'll be exceptional if he can avoid injuries. I think City can actually then go and push for a possible Champions League win. But they also had Aguero, who is an incredible player, and he scored plenty of goals, and uh, they couldn't do it with him. I'd be surprised mm. to see if if he makes the difference. I feel like he's going to make less of a difference at City than Nunez could at Liverpool, because he actually changes something that Liverpool is missing a lot. Mm. And City didn't want to play with the number nine. They played that weird formation where no one's a striker so it's like a complete change for them now from going from everyone gets to score to this guy's in the center we need to find him yeah it'd be interesting to see as well though how that impacts like the wingers there because obviously if if, if defenses are focused on the big machine that is Haaland and all of a sudden the the wingers and you know the the attack of mids kind of coming into the picture a bit more you know it could actually just distract and make it easier for the other guys to score yeah, you know, very much with Alan up there just distracting people. But um, we'll move on to some questions, Channy. We've a lot of questions here. Uh, we've knocked out a couple of them. I don't know why this is here. Does this guy think you're Italian, or is this something to do with you? Do you have what? Italian in you? You're kind of no, like, no, no. German, and Turkish, maybe. Turkish, yeah, Turkish, yeah. Yeah. Well, this guy said, "Can you open with a saying?" Hey, it's a me, Johnny. <laughs> what the hell? Is that like a joke you make on your I stream have or no something? Idea. Neither do I. <laughs> hey, it's a me, Johnny. <laughs> oh God. I guess uh, you wanted to like combine your name with mine. I don't know. Maybe Johnny. I, have, Johnny, I don't know. Johnny uh, John. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I just thought he was assuming you were Italian. Anyway, <laughs> what's your favorite region and scarcity of the cars to play SO5 with and why? And can you share? Can so rare reach the global audience they want, or is it always only going to appeal to a certain type of person? Says Mortz. Mortz um, is going to be at the meetup. Come and nice. say hello to Mortz. Yeah. I think I think the thing that I enjoy the most, I wouldn't say scarcity, I'd say division is the pro, uh, just because of the rewards uh, structure in there and the possibility of actually picking up the best cards. Um, so I would say that if I would have to pick a scarcity, it would have to be rare for me now, of course. Um, okay. I'm heavily in on rare with a couple of super rares in there. It just seems to be the place to be for my budget. But at the same time, a lot of times I look back and think, oh man, with this budget, I could have had the best teams in limited uh, throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird one, but I, f- I enjoy this more because it feels like I'm one of the few that have these items rather than I'm one of the many. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a, that's a weird one for me, but like that's how I look at it a little bit. Um, yeah, I, th- I think what I love, what I love with my super rares is I love when one of them bangs. It's like, 
Yes, yeah. you're one of the ten people that right? are going to celebrate that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. A hard I one like... I find though to like know how to feel is I have a a limited Mbappe. Yeah. And a limited Haaland that I often just chuck them in together. We'll see how that one plays out next season. But like, you know, whenever Mbappe scores, I give all my limited rewards away to YouTube viewers. So it's yeah. like. I'm not gaining here, but I'm kind of happy, but it's just decimate my under 23 yeah. pro. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I'm kind of like I'm cheering against that lineup, but I'm also kind of cheering for it. It's almost just like a <laughs> consolation prize. I guess it's kind of oh. painful seeing it. And then like, imagine if it gets like first place and they're like, oh, cool. I won yeah. Kimmich. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> Someone else <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've given away a couple of good ones recently. I gave away Marco Royce the other day and I gave away Osako, the goalkeeper, recently. And Yeah, yeah it's just hard. That question again? Uh, the second part was about can Solar actually reach a global audience that, or is it always just going to appeal to a certain type of person? I mean, mm. it's not going to appeal to my mom, ever. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I mean... She, I mean, I don't know if you've I, seen it, but what, what needs she to does happen like is, smiley boys. I love the video. That, I love that video, mate. <laughs> it was class. I was laughing. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. My sister's down this weekend and I'm debating to let her spend money on so rare. Oh. She's like, I want it on it, but I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want <laughs> give it to her, Give her a game. smaller budget. <laughs> yeah, maybe 500 quid. I mean, it's probably worth as much as the, the grand was a week ago. But anyway. Yeah, I um, think the, the reaching out to the global audience thing. Like, I can only speak as a football fan myself that only watched one team. This made me addicted to watching 10 teams because mm. I just want to see how my players do. And I feel nearly just as much involved as I do with watching Liverpool games when my players do well. So when Liverpool plays, I'm 100% in. I'm cheering on. I'm sad when they do bad. I'm super happy and my day is saved when they do well. And it's kind of the same now with every single player I have on Sore. So I feel like every football fan wants that feeling. Every football fan wants to be as involved as possible with the game. Now, I'm not talking yeah. about Sore, but the game of football. And I, I just feel like this is, this is the perfect way. And I know it costs. I mean, now you can play the comments and you can win items and cheer on. That's it. Like they have opened that door up. So the free pl free to play aspect has never been better than it is now. So I'm, at least since I joined, so I'm just genuinely excited to see how many people are going to hop in once they actually do a lot more marketing. Yeah. And I, I just think it comes down to the fact that people are scared of NFTs. Like there's a lot of NFT hate out there, which I completely agree with because most of them have absolutely zero utility, uh, but this game does. And um, mm. I feel like once people get past that fear of NFTs when it comes to so rare, there's going to be so much more of a bigger audience coming in, especially with the Prem. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I think there is a lot of like, um, is it FUD? Is FUD the word around NFTs in general? Feel yeah, uh, doubt. Yeah, I yeah. Don't know. I think mostly doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of. I think particularly in the football world, it looks like this. You know, the kind of fan tokens and footballers bringing out their mm. NFTs. It to people, it just screams monetizing fans. It's it yeah. screams anti football. It screams Saudi money and financial fair play and everything to do with corruption. Everything that's wrong with the game is what it's being kind of unfairly <laughs> thrown in with. Yeah, I think it's on so rare to prove through experiences real world stuff um you know what i just had an idea 
how about if Sorare buys up like a fourth tier French team? Oh man. And like some of our transactions go into that team and we're like part of that club's success. How nuts would that be? You know, they, they add a, instead of adding a, I don't know what the commission on secondary will be someday, but let's say the commission was going to be 2%, make it 3%, yeah. and that extra percent funds a club. <laughs> yes, that's what I was saying. Like, imagine that. How incredible yeah. would that be? Futeri United are, aren't doing the same thing. I don't know if you've seen them. They no. basically have NFTs that have, are basically run on a club and like, tie something division and their kind of okay. goal is to get into the acl over there and and go but they're they're signing guys they're creating content around it it's just interesting there was this rug pool kings which was a similar concept but for terry united for terror actually like a they're like there's tops there's panini they're kind of third or fourth in that list of like big card producers so they have a long sort of history and credibility to them yeah. and i think they've kind of bought this and even if no one really gets involved in the nfts it's not like they're going to go under a rug pool so like mm-hmm. it's interesting for terry united I, I i don't have any cards but it's one that i kind of it's i don't have any nfts from them but it is something i kind of find interesting but mm-hmm. yeah i think like imagine a so rare club or if so rare just sponsor a club and they're so yeah. rare on the shirts we'll all go, we'll all leap into that shit yeah imagine having I mean, a so rare card with so rare written on it on the shirt as the sponsor yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it would. I, I, I like the sponsor thing, but I would love them to have a club. And if you tell me every transaction I make, 1% goes to that club, I'm fine. Yeah. Because I like, and then you live stream their games on the platform. Everyone watches it live in the chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's freaking do it, you know? <laughs> Commentary like the whole shebang. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, um, it would be unreal. I think, um, yeah. Let me see. Is there anything I want to add into that question from Mortz? What's my favorite region under 23? I love playing up in the higher division. I love the jackpot factor of playing like super mm-hmm. rare, even though I never really compete. Um, And can they reach the global audience? It always is going to be like a certain type of person. It always, it's not going to appeal to everyone, but they can definitely yeah. appeal, appeal to a lot more than they do now. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think actually an interesting point that comes up based off uh, the last week's events is they've always said that crypto is almost like a means to an end blockchain technology is they they need it and that's what they're using yeah. it for it's like it's not by choice that ethereum is there a huge part of their platform i think i read nicholas a, a while ago saying that you know he sees a day where it was all just fate and you could deposit and withdraw a credit card type of thing now does this sort of thing what's happening increase the maybe the, the rate at which they should be looking at that and I, I do not understand the ins and outs of stable coins and this and that's and whatever i'm not going to try and act like i do but like in terms of getting people on board, what I can see from a newcomer now is looking and going, okay, I'm going to get involved in so rare. What on earth is so rare? Okay, this is what a so rare is. Great. How do I buy a card? Oh, I have to buy ETH. Is ETH not that thing that dropped 40% last month? So am I not going to lose money? And then you go, oh, well, no, because I, and mm, I don't know about this. So I'm, I'm, even whether they're right or wrong, they're going to think, oh, it's like uh, so rare is risky. ETH's risky. Oh, I don't know it's another barrier it's another so yeah. a lot of people might love football might love fantasy but hate crypto and they'll go ah oh, fuck that yeah. do you know i i totally understand your point i think it just comes down to like the like the the next generation our generation the ones after us everyone is somewhat getting educated in terms of crypto because mm. it feels like even though a lot of people obviously have made losses but um as long as you have time in the game in some of the better projects you will do well over time and i feel like a lot of people will get involved 
into crypto a lot more. And then this won't be like a, how do you do this? What is this crypto Eve? Mm. Like, how do I feel safe? And when it comes to the whole uh, stable coin thing and like a different wallet in there where you can like exchange it, I don't know how it would be for so rare then in terms of like regul regulatory stuff. I yeah. don't think they want to tap into that because they have already, they yeah. already have a function in product and you can withdraw if you need to. Mm. There you go. That's, that's what it is. Of course, gas fees suck. They really do. And I hope with Ethereum 2.0, when it ever comes out, um, hopefully we'll have less gas fees uh, in the future so that it doesn't hurt as much to take things out instantaneously. Um, mm. But I don't think they will ever change the setup uh, from what it is now. Uh, do you think they will? I think they'll change something at some stage. I don't know what it is, but I don't see the balance always just being a crypto like ETH wallet forever. I see more people thinking fate, and I think can it be displayed in fate if you want at the minute? Can you display it? I think. I mean, I don't know settings or something. My club. No, you you can't. Not right now. Um, my so rare my settings or something. You're probably in there already. Yeah. I Conversion currency, I uh, maybe someday there's some. I think there'll be something that's it's not just an ETH balance. I feel like maybe, but I, I don't know. Charlie, look, this I, I'm not the guy for that. As a, as a believer in ETH, I would hate to lose access to ETH on the site. Mm. Like long term, that's what I also believe in. Right, like I believe in the project so rare, but I also am a big believer in ETH as the second biggest cryptocurrency out there. So I would I would hate to lose access to it on so rare, mm. and especially how do you do it now in terms of fiat? I'm down I don't know how much percent on my gallery. Um, do you now take away all that by just paying me or telling me now these players are only worth fiat? Mm. Like it's it's a slippery slope there. I, know, I don't. I, know. I think they're in a spot now where they just have to carry on, and you know get along with it. And they do push the fiat side of things anyways on the yeah. platform with the prices and stuff. I was going to say the positive thing is that now you're getting in, in and around 0.05 ETH. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For a threshold, yes. which is yes. if you believe in ETH long term, make hay while well, the sun shines. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mate. That, uh, honestly, like, that's, that's what I'm kind of excited about. I get it. We're in a global recession. Everything's going up. The price of everything is going up. Inflation is going nuts. Um, all the big stocks, NASDAQ, S&P 500, everything is crashing. Um, and, you know, the money you have is worth less in wh wherever you live, really. Um, I remember when one euro was like six Turkish lira. Now it's like 18 or 20. It's crazy. Um, so, like, I know for a fact that people really do care about their money and all that stuff but mm. you also have to look at this period as an opportunity to accumulate as much at the bottom as you can so for yeah. me i'll try and have a decent eve balance on the side always as i play sore i'm going to make a point in not constantly buying players it's like this low that we're going to have for the next year year and a half whatever it's going to be that's going to be the time where i'm going to try and put together as much ETH as possible 
and you know make profits in big ways hopefully could you could you argue that you could make more ETH if you upgrade them Dubai players with that ETH to compound to make more ETH? Just you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean, like, like the gallery value then, you mean like keeps going up well, and then... More, more, about, more about the yield, like I mean, if your gallery can yield X amount of ETH or cards in the short term, like, and you're holding a two ETH balance because you're trying to accumulate yeah. ETH, there, there becomes that argument where it's like, can I yield that two ETH from this two ETH in 16 months, 18 yeah. months? And it's a hard one. You're... It makes sense. Like, I, I think the point what I'm trying to get across is like, I want to be at the point where I'm happy with every team I have. And then I'll start like putting the ETH aside. Yeah. That's what I'm like more about rather than like, oh, like I'm not going to buy any more players. That's not going to happen. I'm obviously going to be buying players because I don't have yeah. a champion team. I don't have, I don't know if, if the under 23s I have are going to all going to be playing in the teams that they are in. There's going to be still plenty of things that I need to fix, but I really want to make a point of like trying to get as much ETH as possible in whichever way. If it's buying players and yielding, or if it's like putting it aside and waiting, um, yeah. I just want to use this like one year, one and a half year downside that we're going to go into now that we're already in to get as much as possible. I feel like I'm kind of at the, towards like the maximum amount I kind of want to put in. I, I don't know if that changes, but I think like, I have to make. I have to almost like make myself make that call because it's very exciting, and I, I, I'm like a magpie, and I'll see something in the market, and I'll just go and buy it. But it's kind of getting to that stage where it's like, if you just keep buying and buying and buying and buying and buying, where's the end goal? You're probably yeah. gonna have to pull as a raw. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it might be nice to kind of just have fun now, let it compound, take a wee bit out here and there, and see what happens, and just enjoy the gallery that I've built. But they say yeah. that, and then I'm probably going to inevitably want another unique. But then I could trade super rares in for that or whatever. But yeah. anyway, we'll do one more question, Chani, and then we'll go. Um, shout out to everyone who did submit them. There's two here that kind of are the same thing. Uh, Jolin and Ron Royal, so rare. What's needed to improve the casual league to a more representative level of the rest of so rare? And how would you improve so rare for low-budget casual managers? Would you look to broaden the appeal or keep it specialized? Um. And then a secondary question from Julian there about what's needed for so rare to onboard more and more people. We kind of talked about different bits here, but basically it's yeah. around like that casual league. I don't know how much you play at Chani, but something I've said I'd like to see is regions. And I know it is hard from a from a sort of common card standpoint. We we're talking, mm -hmm. I was talking with Mark last week, and it's, it can be hard at times. And apologies, did I say this to already in the podcast? The mic last week was butchered. It was the wrong mic picked up, so I sounded like I was talking through a turnip. Um, unfortunately, but yeah, different regions and casual would be good for educating people a bit more about the game and getting a yes. bit more used to it. But the issue is that okay, I want to play Champion America Common, but I haven't won a Champion American card yet. How do I actually yes. do that? So that has yeah. another element of complexity. But unless yeah, they, there's another they, draft for each region or something, I don't know. They would have to uh, do it in a way where you can like pre-pick what region you want to win rewards in. So yeah. if I put my team into casual challenger i need to be able to pick i want my reward to be a common from the asia region mm. so only that way you're going to be having people winning the items that they actually need to compete in all the divisions yeah and since these items aren't worth anything on like in terms of nfts these are common cards they can just put that system in there i reckon so if they do want to expand to different regions and they want to bring in all the ones that we already have on the 23 Challenger, Champion Europe, Asia, and all that good stuff, 
you would have to have it so that people can like say, okay, I'm going to take part in the competition this week. This is my team of five. I'm playing the global side of things, but I want to win a reward that's from the Asian region. Yeah. That's probably yeah. the only way I can see it really opening up and uh, bringing all those other divisions. Because as you said, like the people that have had time on the platform have a massive advantage. And I feel like the percentages um, shouldn't really be used in the, um, the casual divisions now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a old player advantage when it should really be level or like a nice place for beginners to come yeah. in, have fun and learn. Yeah. Whenever people like me have an advantage, even though I've actually got shite commons, I've always had shite commons. Like I have really bad ones. I don't think oh, I because have you didn't care star ones. <laughs> because there yeah. are no rewards, right? Yeah, probably should have cared more. Um, okay, well, look, shout out to um, we've ta actually talked about Sorare Israel's question. Um, we actually did talk roughly about what Jay asked. Um, and it was the Champ America podcast that asked you a question about what, how do you make your decisions and who to buy? What's your Sorare data stalking technique? NG Heath <laughs> gives you a bit of shit here saying you only buy high players. Um, and then I'm ripping clips out at you, which is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I'll, I'll completely admit to that. Like, I do buy players that do well. That's it. Like, why, why would I buy players that aren't doing well? I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win <laughs> yeah, out yeah. here. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. I, I do my research on the players, like that Chesinha thing. I saw that he's coming back from injury, looked up his scores and everything and like looked up how he's done in the past. And I was like, oh my God, this guy should be nuts when he comes back. Mm. So bought him at the time. He'll obviously, the research that went into it is just Sean constantly telling everyone you're a moron Every if you don't have Hill. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was what really pushed me towards that. But other players like Morishiga, for example, at the time, no one really told me about him as far as I can remember. And I just wanted the guy. I felt like, okay, he's old, but gold. Let me get yeah. the guy. I like his scores. And then the Slovak was more of a, you know, it just happened to be on the market. And I was like, hmm, you know what? Surface told me goalkeeper super rares are uh, a good option, cheap compared to the other positions. They only cost twice as much most of the time than the rares, mm. while outfielders cost like three to four times. Um, so I saw it in the market. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'll go ahead and get that. So a lot of times it's like a coincidence and whatever situation you're in and the needs you have that dictate uh, the purchases that I make. But I spent yeah. so much time on Sorare Data constantly going through players and possibilities that I want to acquire in the next season, especially the European season. So I already put together like watch lists of players that I really, really want to get involved. So mm. now that I'm kind of settled with the players that I have, that's where the hours go into it. Uh, I look for midfielders with great AA, with decisive capabilities. I look for defenders that play in teams that um, play a lot of passes, uh, that have a good goalkeeper where I'm more bound to get th those clean sheet bonuses. I look for in attackers, I look for wingers that get dribblings and attempted assists and all those things rather than being just goal uh, reliant. So yeah, there, there's a lot of things to really look into and huge shout out to Sora Data. I think without that page, I would be maybe 20% as involved uh, in Sora as I am now. Uh, that yeah. They do an incredible job with their updates and everything. You couldn't, you actually, I couldn't play Sora without Sora Data. 
I just yeah, couldn't. And same. I wouldn't. I, I actually wouldn't. Um, so we'll finish up with the 137 game. Thanks for all the great questions. And again, don't forget, it's my birthday on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so um, last week, um, Mark picked Donnarumma and Vitor Ferreira, isn't it, at Porto, um, who scored a combined 108 points, which leaves 21 quid for charity. Um, which, if I got that wrong, 108 points. 29 points off, 21. 21 quid to charity, plus the 94 originally. We're up to 115 in the charity pot. Chani, it's on you. What? Who are you going to pick? You can pick as many players as you want. I'm going for Hill and Haruya Fuji. So an 80 <gasps> from Hill, a 57 from Fuji, 137. Thank you very much. Okay, 80 from Gale, 57 from Fuji. Best of luck. Godspeed. Chani, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I suppose people, are, are you putting out much Sora content at the minute? Yes, I will be back at it now that my teams are playing again, so I'm very happy Brilliant. about that. So it's so rare, Chani, on YouTube, and I suppose I can find you everywhere else. Just look up Chani. But Chani, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thanks a million. We'll maybe catch up again before the end of the year and see how, yes. how the summer goes. We start the next season, all the rest. But um, thanks a million for your time. Is there anything you've got in the works or anything you want to shout out to people? Nah, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Wish everyone good luck with uh, their galleries and their game weeks. And uh, however you like value the E for Fiat thing, just do whatever to upgrade your enjoyment. Don't think about it too much. It. I guess that's what I want to give people on their way. <laughs> Fun is its own currency. Yes. There we go. There we go. Fun token. All right, Charlie. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You can find me on Twitter at John Nellis. You can find 1.37pm at 1.37pm. And you can find Chani at Chani Sports. Go and check us out. Leave a review on Spotify if you're listening there or Apple. And I'll chat to you soon. Bye-bye.